So in this episode of uh, Spiritual Hustle, we're going to be talking about meditation, um, the history of meditation, what meditation is, why do meditation, and I was thinking of going into a couple examples of meditation. Uh, what do you want to cover, Justin? That sounds good. Well, I'll just work off of that. Okay, cool. Um, I think that uh, when it comes to meditation, where we where we have to start is like an understanding of what meditation is, right? Um, and I've, I've heard many different descriptions or explanations of meditation, but I think the simplest is that meditation is a technique for resting the mind and attaining a state of consciousness that is different from the normal waking state. Uh, we had talked before that the normal waking state, in the normal waking state, we can perceive maybe one to 5% of reality based on the electromagnetic spectrum. Um, and consciousness is so vast, but we only perceive a, a small amount of it. Um, I think the, the example or analogy you had is consciousness is the entire Mississippi River, for example, and what we perceive is maybe an inch of that river. Um, so meditation allows us to perceive beyond our normal waking state. I think that's probably the best definition. Um, and from a pragmatic perspective, med meditate. Why should you meditate? I think that um, there's enough studies been done that shows meditation uh, meditation lessens stress, which is very important in today's society where most people have chronic stress. It boosts uh, cognitive ability and creativity, uh, lowers blood pressure, and gives you an overall sense of being, well-being. Um, is there anything you'd like to add, Justin, about why you meditate? Um, I mean, for the most part, yeah, mo most of that stuff. Um, um, just to clarify on the, uh, on the Mississippi River thing, um, yeah. I was mostly just talking about the uh, electromagnetic spectrum, um, which is different right. than, than consciousness itself. But, but they're relatable in, in, in the sense of um, being able to perceive it. Um, they're also relatable from the perspective that it gives you some sort of perspective of, of yeah. how much we can, we are actually aware of in regards to all of consciousness and reality. Yeah, the the biggest thing that, that meditation does for me is is in the subtleties of the universe because um, before I was meditating regularly, um, you know, I would be on Netflix, um, watch like six hours of you know watch an entire season of a, of a show in a single day. And um, yeah. And it's something that you won't notice if you don't meditate, how much that messes with your brain. Um, and because I would do the same thing, I would go watch my, my entire season of a new of house of cards or something. And then, and then I would go uh, like, all right, well, that was a waste of time. Let me go catch up and do a good 30 minutes of meditating and I close my eyes to meditate. And all I can see is, um, the actors um, from the show and, and I'm just playing out the, the show in my head as I'm trying to meditate and it completely ruins any form of meditation. And then what, what that ends, makes you realize is that um, uh, the bigger picture, which is everything that you take in is changing you and affecting you in, in such a way that um, if you are putting the wrong things into your body, it, it is seriously detrimental to your, your health and your well-being. Um, and you can look at it because the beauty of sleep is that you get to restart and then and yeah. everything washed away and you, you have your dreams and, and over the course of those seven hours, um, it 
pushes most of that stuff away. You, you will dream about what you did during that day. So I will have dreams about the show that I watched or something. But right. once you wake up, once you have the REM sleep, it, it washes out and you get a restart. And then um, mm. if you go back straight back into that, that, uh, that habit of watching the shows, putting in the poison into your body, and I'm not just talking about food, I'm talking about uh, the media, television, anything. Yeah. Um, if you entertain those negative thoughts and, and stuff like that, it all just gets stuck up in there. But when you meditate, if you take an, like 30 minutes or an hour out of your day to meditate, um, that is a whole hour where you're not thinking about anything. So suddenly um, your brain will start looking for things to think about. And these things are much more subtle than who, what the actor was, was doing in the show it, or, you know, or what your friends were doing that annoyed you at the, at the club. Um, because <laughs> just because you didn't have that experience for that day, you didn't. And it sounds like such a boring thing because it's like, Oh, well you didn't have any of these, ex these fun experiences. Like it's so boring, but your brain is so, there's so much more to your brain that are, or to your mind or whatever's going on up in there. Um, that it'll find things to entertain you. And these, these little things suddenly become so much more entertaining than, the greatest show that you've ever seen ever or the greatest thing that ever happened at, at the nightclub or any, or anything. And, right. and, it, and you see these amazing things in like in the simplest things, cause you're able to pick up on the subtleties of life and it's wonderful. Um, it's definitely worth it. Um, just, uh, even if you don't want to believe in the meaning of life or, or any of these, any of the subtleties, it, it's just good to, to recognize how poisonous the stuff that is going into your body is. Uh, in terms of information, not just food itself. What do you think about that? I, I think that that's a crit critical point. That um, I think and I wasn't going to get into this this podcast, but I think it's it's part of meditation, uh, or to really understand the benefits of meditation, you have to understand how how the mind works, how the subconscious and conscious minds work, um, and the fact that uh, most of what we do comes or most of our, the way we think the way we uh the way we act are programs within the subconscious and a lot of times if you don't if you don't take um the initiative to to be very careful as to what thoughts come into you um and which end up eventually into the in the subconscious if, if you don't make a conscious effort to monitor that and regulate that then what goes into your subconscious and eventually becomes programs is things from the environment. So you get programmed by the environment instead of programming yourself to be the type of person you want. And I think that's the bottom line. You have to take control of that. And meditation uh, is an excellent tool for allowing you to, to do that. Um, and the most basic way, and I think the way it was originally designed, is it allows you to do that uh, by enabling um, calmness within you, which has many different benefits. Um, and heart math describes one as being uh, heart coherence, where the mind and, and the heart are um, aligned energetically. And this enables you to have um, incredible insight and peace. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, yeah, when you, you brought up... Um um, I like talking about archetypes and myth and stuff. And, um, yeah. and, um, one of the, the things that you see over and over again in terms of, um, stories is, 
it's usually when it comes to like uh, times of war, it, it's usually the um, the hero is protecting the castle. Right. And the reason for that is the reason why, why you brought up is that um, environment that we're the, the environment that we're in or um, the thoughts that we have are con- we're constantly under attack by these yeah. things, these forces yeah. and um, the the myth the story that comes out of that is is the defender protecting the castle of Game of Thrones where you have the the Night's Watch and they're always just even though they didn't even believe that there were you know those those ice people out there those uh, undead demons out there and stuff. They didn't believe it. They still protected the wall because they, they're like, just in case there's somebody out there. And, and that's how you have to always look at it. You, you, because these thoughts will just come at you. And the first thing you have to realize is that none of your thoughts are yours. Even if you yes. have like the greatest thought ever, like you have to understand that that was not your thought. Likewise, when you have the worst thought ever, because we all have the worst thoughts ever, um, you have to recognize that's not you. So stop feeling sorry for yourself when you have a nasty thought um, right. because it's not yours it's an attack um, on your psyche and, and you have to um, uh, go to battle with it and choose to either accept it as, um, cause you can't have bad thoughts that are true, accept it as truth or, um, and amalgamate it, uh, have the cognitive dissonance, have the battle or, um, or reject it and defeat and slay the, slay that, that thought or, or that, uh, that information and, and get it out of there. Um, but there is a, you, you um, when, when I started talking about, it, I realized I was saying like that I'm, I'm kind of like, hiding myself away from a lot of these uh, pressures of the environment. But the fact of the matter is that you can't completely ever hide yourself away from the, the attacks of, of negative thoughts that just come in. Um, and you still have to do battle with them in a, in a very mythical sense. Yes, I totally agree. You, basically, I think what you're saying is you, you need to be a warrior when it, and you have to have, and you have to be diligent um, always on comes, guard. Always yeah. on guard, and you and you have to. And it might seem to be um, a little, you know, a dramatic statement, but you act. But you have to do that, or else you will be programmed by your environment. Yeah, it's it's like a um, a one minute slip up could cost you six hours for the day, um, and that's, exactly. that's how you have to look at it. Like, because yeah. like I like going back to because everyone's done that where you've watched almost like how you've watched half a season of something if if, yeah. you, if you have Netflix and. Um, and they feel like crap. Yeah, and you, you never yeah. feel good after it. And yeah. it wasn't like you were never planning on it. Uh, nope. I'm, I'm doing the, the whole. You you get this idea in your head, and you go and you click on Netflix, and then you're you're the whole time you're like, there's this unconscious thing pushing you forward, and consciously you're like, this is a bad idea, and then you're just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're just one episode, and you click and watch That's it, right. and then you try to resist, you try to resist it, but you just get yeah. you get pulled in. Yeah, and at any Godfather, and at any point where you can just stop, yeah, like Godfather. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but at any point, if you could just stop and, and turn it off, then it's a victory. So if you go, you know, watch twenty minutes of, of a show, and you go, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Right. But um, the sooner you can stop the the infiltration, the invasion, the 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 sooner you get back on track, and that's the goal. Yeah, and, and that's, that leads me to an interesting question. Like when, when you look at the, the history of meditation, um, the earliest documented um, references or texts are, are the Hindu texts. Uh, they're, they're about five or 6,000 years old. And from there, uh, developed Buddhism originally in China, I'm sorry, originally in India, and then it moved to um, China. Uh, 
I'm wondering, based on what we said, what the what the driving force was, you know, 5,000 years ago, because I'm thinking maybe, you know, they, they didn't have the challenges of, of the modern world with all these thoughts coming at you, um, or maybe they did. They did. Their their lives were totally different from ours. They completely. They, their brains would melt. They would, their brains would fucking melt if they saw 9,000 ad- advertisements per day for a week, and that's what we do on average. So right. Um, um, and, and I'm not saying that to disparage them. I'm just saying um, they had their, their life was physically tougher. Um, ours is mentally tougher solely because we do not understand um, the effects of, of what we're doing to our minds. Um, and they had a much better understanding and the ability for them to absorb information was a lot harder. Finding written text was impossible. This is 5,000 years before the printing press, for goodness sakes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they weren't even, they, the idea of an, an, an advertisement would be some, some dude trying to, you know, say, hey, buy this product that was advertising. Uh, you can get away from that very easily. Uh, and um, um, again, I'm not trying to disparage them. I'm just saying that, that our environment is, is, is a lot more dangerous than, than theirs is up here, where the war is, is happening here. Their war was in the physical. They had slaves back then. We have, we have mind-controlled slaves um which is different we the, the the majority of the people that are in in slave mentality in our uh in modern times uh, do not believe that they're that they are slaves right um, even though they like we you know we're very conscious people and we still get pulled to do something that we don't want to do like what what else would you call that than uh than being mind controlled to an extent um right. so i don't know if i went off on too much of a tangent there it was, it's just uh it, it's an interesting dichotomy to to take somebody from a few thousand years ago and to to put them into a modern world just because how crazy things have gotten especially over the last hundred years exactly but my my point is that in these vastly different societies meditation was still um considered well was still considered like extremely important Mm-hmm. And I think now, I think that the, the shift, though, is in modern times, it's important, um, mostly from a materialist perspective, to decrease stress, right? And in ancient times, it, it, was, it was designed, I think, for more um, evolvement of the soul in, in the consciousness, which people still use it for now. But I think in the past, that was the, the primary goal of it. And, and out of the Hindu texts, um, a lot there were a lot of different meditation techniques came out. Like one, one of the more popular ones is uh, Kriya Yoga, um, and Kriya fo- fo- focuses on on the, you know using the breath to expand consciousness. Mantras, which are um, words and mudras, which is different hand positions, uh, in order to um, evolve the consciousness and from the hindu perspective what that meant is um combining your consciousness with, with a god like one of the hindu gods whether it was lakshmi uh, ganesh or whoever um and i think for kriyas i've done different kriyas like i've done the sadarshana kriya and other ones that are popular today and they all focus on the breath and we both know how important the breath is um for not only health but uh, to evolve your consciousness be, and be able to see more than that one inch of um, the, the river, uh, the Mississippi River. The, the other 
popular technique that came from the, um, the Hindu perspective is uh, TM. You know, I, I think back in the 60s with Maharishi and the Beatles, I mean, that's where modern day meditation kind of blossomed, I think. Um, and, and TM is actually very simple. Like I, I've tried it a couple times and on all you really do is just, I know if to, to, to the, the official TM um, practice and education involves, you know, going away for four days and, and doing it. But in reality, it's very simple. You, you just sit in a relaxed position, you take deep breaths and you focus on a mantra. And anytime, and silently you focus on it. Anytime a thought comes up, you just focus on the mantra, focus on the mantra. And eventually it, it, it calms the body, calms the, uh, the entire system and gets you into that um, coherent state where the body and mind are aligned. Very yeah. simple. So a couple things. So first, first of all, I, I remember that you're doing the um, meditation course today, right? Yeah. Have you decided on... Um, uh, what type of meditation that you're going to use? Yeah, the the the, sim- the two simplest ones I find is like a TM mm-hmm. and um, an extension of TM, where again just using mantras. And the extension is basically doing the Namah Shivaya through the different uh, chakras of the body. So I, I'll th- so I think I'll start with the TM. And before the TM, there'll be like 30 deep breaths, and then we'll do the TM. And then we'll do the Nama Shivaya meditation, which is it's pretty straightforward, pretty simple. And I think before we even start, um, I'll just give a little description of what meditation is, like we did today, and, and why, why we should do it. And I think I mentioned to you before, the why will mostly focus on the physical benefits, the, the stuff that science has proven to us. I'm not going to get into the esoteric benefits of it, uh, enlightenment, and, and so on. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, the 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 reason why I asked him, I was excited when he when he brought up TM was um, I been uh, doing a lot of research. Thomas Campbell, he's a nuclear physicist, um, yeah. and he got his start with uh, meditation with uh, with TM. Yeah, and and he's um, he actually um, told me something about TM that um, that made me kind of change how I uh, approached uh, doing mantras a little bit. And really? he said that it was. Um, when you're first starting out, it, it's, a, um, it's a really good idea to have your, your mantra not mean anything um, because um, what happens is, like I, I would have a mantra like um, I am energy or, um, or I would do loving so I could have a little resonance at the end of it. Like, a, like a, a, when, you, when you ting to um, uh, those uh, tuning forks or a Tibetan yeah. signal, get that resonant at the end. Um, and he said not to do it that way because what that does when you say loving is it puts in your mind all of these connections to what love is. And then all of these thoughts start popping, popping up about love or all of these thoughts start talking about uh, popping up about what is energy and what is I am and, and all that stuff. Um, so what he said is you take a, a, a word, a nothing word, a word that, that literally means nothing. Um, TM would use technically nothing words, but they would use nothing words that were um, um, not not Hindi words, but uh, before Hindi, um, Sanskrit, Sanskrit words um, that you know nobody uh, nobody understood these words, and and they they would um so they would use like Shireen or something like that, and um, or Saring, and for an American, 
they, there is no connection to that word. It, it's a nothing right. word. So they would just say that and there was nothing for anything to pop up about it because that word had never been used before for them. So their, their very first meditation on TM, they'd become hooked to it, on it because it, would, it was like instantaneous meditation. There was only one thing that you could possibly focus on when you focused on one word that, that had no connections to any other words. That's the problem with words. When you when you meditate on words, is their their connections to other words, and, and I was like, I, I was like, I right, you know I, I always give everybody a, a try, and I, I had a very uh, a, several very good meditations um, um, saying uh, Shireen, and then it was actually amazing because um, I still I, my brain found, found a connection. I I actually dated a girl in college um, for like a few days um, when I was nineteen. Um, whose name was uh, Shireen. <laughs> <laughs> so so then, I meant something to you though. Yeah. So then I had to change it to Saring <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that was, that was better. Um, and well, um, yeah, so that, that's just um, um, when, when he does the, the group meditations, he, he, he does it at the most basic level. So that, that's kind of why um, I wanted to bring that up to you just as a thought. Right. Well, I was taught that um, when you use mantras, uh, we always use um, mantras that were associated with the deities, like uh, Shreem, for example, associated with Lakshmi, the deity of uh, abundance and wealth. Um, gum is the sound associated with Ganesh, um, and so on. There, there are primal sounds associated with gods and goddesses that I was taught is probably, if you're going to start with something, um, there's a lot of power behind those words. And those words don't, don't mean anything to the, to the Western mind. Um, and I found them to be very powerful in, in doing these type of meditations. Shreem is my favorite. Shreem. Shreem. Like when you say Shreem slowly, Shreem. I've, I've always just felt a lot of power emanating from that. That's good. Anything that, uh, that resonates at the end. I don't know yeah. why... Um, I, I looked this up, but um, um, did you did you see Justin Trudeau uh, in February when he went to India? Uh, I saw some pictures. Yeah. <laughs> what are yeah, your thoughts he, on that? <laughs> you know, I forget what happened there. He got a lot of flack for something. I don't uh, know. Well, he... I mean, I can. I mean, just Google search Google image search uh, Justin Trudeau Indian. Right. Uh, he, he's he's he basically looks like um, he's playing Halloween with his family. Um, oh, going to a different country. That very, was it. Yeah, yeah. Very offensive. Um, um, he's like he's like in full Indian garb, and um, he's with Indian delegates who are in business suits. <laughs> and it's like, dude, what the fuck, man? What the fuck? How much do you pay your, you know, the people that handle you? Cause yeah, that was a very bad decision. He, um, you know, you you watch Jordan Peterson, and and you get a. a Aside of Trudeau, and you're, you're like, you're like, man, that guy is just a, a talking head. He just says whatever the the, the person told him to say. Yeah, um, he's he's nothing like his dad was. His dad was. Uh, so I've heard, yeah. Yeah, his dad and, was an intellectual. His dad uh, like, uh, was successful in like a lot of different aspects of life. But the main thing was he he was a true intellectual. Like he he could. Um, he, That's he how he won the election. Debate with the best of them. Right. Yeah. That, that's why he won the election because his dad. Um, yeah. Everyone knew his dad. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. is not not the way that you want to win an election. No, he won it because of the name, right? Yeah, and uh, the name and and his all openness and uh, 
and all that stuff. But yeah. turns out he's only open towards uh, not most Canadians or freedom of speech. <laughs> freedom of speech, yeah. Well, that, yeah, but let's, like, let's not get to, uh, go down no. that path right now. Cause that's and all... I, I, yeah, I, I, and that, that, that's like a, I, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. I, uh, I got a ringing in my, my headphone. Yeah, we go down there. That's like a whole Netflix, you know, season can be sucked out of us. Yeah, let's do it sometime. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we, I, I talked about like a, Vedic meditation, like probably being the earliest. The, the other one that I spent a lot of time researching or, or getting into and delving into is Buddhist meditation, right? And, and the Buddhist meditation, they had a couple of um, goals. One was mindfulness. And, and, and the Buddhists, as far as I know, are the ones that came up with the walking meditation. Most meditations, I would suggest that you have your eyes closed. But the Buddhists came up with this idea of mindfulness in the waking state. So you're walking around and you're being hyper-sensitive to everything you see around you. Um, and you try to move thoughts out of, your, out of your mind. You just try to experience what's in front of you, which is powerful in and of itself. Um, and Buddhist meditation also focuses on samadhi, which is concentration, um, tranquility, insight, and uh, obtaining superpowers, <laughs> what the Vedics referred to as siddhas, cities. Um, and, and Buddhist meditations are seem to me at least uh, be a lot more formal than the Vedic types of meditation. Um, but they also include in uh, breath work. Breath is still an integral part of, of the Buddhist meditation, which which makes sense because it was developed in India, right? So it had all the history of the Vedic um, disciplines behind them. So if someone was interested in meditation and wants to understand the background, I would suggest like, you know, reading up on, on the Vedic side and, and the Buddhist side, that that will give you like a strong uh, rooting in not only the history, but uh, techniques also. Um, the, the techniques that you do, you use, Justin, would you say that they were originally came from either the Vedic or the Buddhist traditions or? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd say so. I'm, um, I, as I tried to learn more and more about the, um, the Druidic culture and stuff, um, right. the, the similarities are, are just uncanny. Um, they're, they're pretty much the same thing. It's just, the Druids didn't write it down or if they did, the Romans burned it and killed everybody who knew about it. Um, but, um, um, yeah, I mean, mostly focused on the breath of mindfulness. When you said, when you talked about uh, just doing life mindfulness, uh, or, or just being mindful about life, um, it reminded me of, uh, Japanese meditation, um, Mm. because their, their whole thing was was mindful. Um, everything was just, uh, you know, doing your dishes like that's a time to to meditate exactly why why would you why would you waste that time doing something else and that's something that um again going to the modernist we have i twenty thousand podcasts to listen to we have um all of these videos to watch it's very tempting to just put on your headphones and listen to somebody else um talk into your ear that whole time which is totally fine but it, it's uh it's the idea of doing one thing at a time uh, yes is acknowledging that 
you cannot multitask. It is yeah. physically, humans do not multitask. What you do is you switch from one thing to another. And the switching from one thing to another is like having a car going, uh, going through traffic. It has to expound so much more energy stopping and going. Um, you actually, you, you don't get as much done as opposed to just focusing on one thing for the day. And where it, it's like when you're driving and you're driving on, on the highway, suddenly your miles per gallon goes up um, exponentially because it's not stopping and going. It's not wasting all that energy uh, switching directions and stuff. And um, that's a big point. Yeah. The other point, going back to the, the meditation um, with beginners, and this is just a, just a, an aside um, about the, the Buddhist gods and stuff. Um, um, when you're just getting into the, the reason Thomas uh, would, would focus not on, on Buddhist uh, gods' names and stuff was because he didn't want to uh, make people uncomfortable, um, which mm. is something that you have to be aware of. Because we're all very, very comfortable with Ganesh and, uh, and, and stuff. But uh, as somebody who was not uh, just a couple of years ago, I, I could tell you that I would be very uncomfortable uh, praying to gods' names that I did not understand and whose gods I would assume were not mine, just because I have different color skin or something, um, which is silly, but um, it's, a, it's something to be aware of because you want, you want people to get the most out of, uh, out of their, med their meditation without rejecting it uh, based on biases and stuff. Um, that, that, that's a good point. So if, if you did want them to meditate on a god, you just wouldn't tell them that it was a god's name, um, which, which Thomas doesn't implicitly say he does, but he, he does pick god's names um, at, at times. Uh, right. Just because, just because they're, 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 there's power in words, and, and those words have, have meaning and stuff. Right. You, you just tell them it's a, a Sanskrit words. Yeah, exactly. That, and that's what, TM, that's what TM does. That this is a special Sanskrit word, and it's yeah. one of the 30 million gods, you know. Yeah, but <laughs> they, they leave that part out. Yeah, because they just don't want to weird anybody out. And then later they find, they find out, you know, because they're like, what does this word mean, this mantra that I'm not supposed to tell anybody? And they find out it's a, it's a god of wealth or of a uh, successor. I, I think um, we, we were talking about benefits of meditation, like uh, the physical benefits, reduce stress. I, I think at, at the heart of humanity, there's this need to connect. There's this need to connect. And, and we, usually, we usually interpret that, that deep need for that has connect outwardly with people, with communities, um, and be part of all of that. But I feel that that connectedness really is not outward, it's inward. Like the real driving force for connectedness is this need for us to connect with ourselves, to go inward and connect with the totality of who we are and the reality of who we are. And I think that is the, the main driving force behind humanity. And, and people misinterpret it as, you know, an outward connection when it really is an inward connection. Um, and it, which is the same thing as saying, um, you know, becoming self-actualized. Like, I, I really think that that is the goal of, for, that the ultimate goal for every human, become self-actualized. Everything else we do in our lives, um, it almost seems callous, but it's almost like props. It's props along the way. And, and, and when I say that, I don't say that from the perspective that you shouldn't get involved. Like you should do everything you do should be 100%, right? Um, but in, in 
very real terms it just props because where you're going to is a place where you realize who you really are the totality of yourself which is way beyond the physical that that is our goal self-realization and the only way really to do that is, is to still the mind and start experiencing experiencing these subtle energies that you talk about and and to me that that is the that that is the main objective of meditation and that that objective um, takes a lot of devotion from an individual to, to, to like follow that path. Um, but I think from uh, from people I talk to these days, it seems that more and more people, at least that I come into contact with, and maybe I come into contact with them because I feel this way, um, like tracks alike, but more and more people are willing to put in the time to go down that road to realize who they really are and utilize meditation for that goal. And, and actually you, like you've, you've dedicated this year to that the kind of, you know, pulling back from society, not pulling back, but taking time for yourself more, more so as the goal. And you're putting in the meditation and the time to, understand um this world a little bit better so actually maybe you can talk about like why you've done that and, and what what you've achieved in the process um yeah so i mean i, I guess not to not a, exactly answer your question i i think um <laughs> um something that I, i've recognized um uh this this going around is, is that i i am coming back to reality so when i first came out exactly. to the island um yes yeah, so let me explain um, when i first came out to the island i was up at 4 a.m um in bed passed out by nine um and really just focusing on myself i not making any money um uh producing content that wasn't um just solely creative or anything that I wanted to work on um, was, was a challenge. Um, and, um, but I, I felt like I knew everything that was going on around me and, and it, and it felt great. And I, I had discipline and, and stuff and, um, and it was getting, doing really good meditation, really understanding um, hermetic principles and, um, and all sorts of uh, things that I was having trouble grasping um, basic logic, reason, stuff like that. And um, um, it, over the past month, especially August, there was this transition and like, I felt like I was like on cloud nine. Like I felt like everything that I, I just understood, like people were talking, I knew what they were gonna say before they said it. Um, uh, synchronicities were insane. Um, anytime I had to do something, um, everything would just work out. Um, I would literally be like eating an ice cream cone with my brother and my ice cream cone would, would break, but I was in a car and I had left my seatbelt on, in a, on a, in a parked car and it all fell onto the seat, on, onto the seatbelt and not my, on my shirt. And just little things like that, or, um, being in a rush, um, uh, because I was late for a meeting, but I had to get some food. I went to get get some food, and as opposed to being stressed out and being like, "Could you please get my food faster?" or anything, I just sat there and 
the food came inst- almost instantly. And it, just a little, little things were just happening all the time. Since August, there's been a, a shift back and, and this, this is expressed through um, the principle of rhythm. You, uh, everything has its tides, everything comes in and out. Um, um, you, 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 you have this awesome few months and then, then you kind of swing back into the, uh, into a different, in, into a different realm. And you, the, the goal is to resist when you go back down and, 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 and basically just focus on the positive. So, so you can make that swing back to the negative, um, weaker. And, and that's what I'm focusing on, but there is there are a couple of things that are, are, are changing that I could, I can tell like one, I'm getting a lot more work done. Work is, is getting done. Um, communicating with people is is happening um i was very uncommunicative with with people during those few months when i, I was meditating deeply and stuff mm-hmm. yeah, because there was there was really nothing important that anyone had to say everyone was just talking about the weather and stuff and uh, and i had no interest in, in talking about that and or the sports and all this stuff um but slowly but surely I started coming back into that and I didn't, I didn't feel a need to have an extreme, if a, if a deep topic came up, like, um, like whether free will existed or, or <coughs> wanted to talk about determinism or, or, or rights or something, I would jump on it and I know exactly what I need to say and, and, and how to say it in, in such a way that people will listen. Um, uh, but I can also have a human conversation with people or whatever we call, uh, whatever society calls a human conversation. And that was one of the big things. It was like, you go down these rabbit holes and they just conspiracy theorists in particular, they go down the rabbit holes and you, they never come back. And the whole part of, I think, I really think Joseph Campbell's book uh, saved me pretty much because um, it was like uh, the first few days uh, I read the first 50, the first half of Joseph Campbell's book. And then I stopped two pages before the return you have to come back to, you have to bring back the golden fleece Mm -hmm. uh, to society. And I'm not saying that like I'm on this crazy hero's journey. I'm just saying when you, there is a reluctance to return first of all. And, and, and the, the the next thing is, but the thing is, is that you have to return. Um, And, and and that means that you're not going to um, have these crazy awakening experiences every single week because you're not going to meditate. Um, for three hours straight every single day. You're not going to sit down and literally play to- uh, uh, War and Peace, to- Tolstoy. Uh, Tolstoy. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm listening to Crime and Punishment and War and Peace and at the same time, so it's getting a little confusing. But um, where I would sit there for three hours and just listen to my audiobook uh, with my eyes closed and just try to imagine the the what was going on in the story, which is very easy because Tolstoy uh, is a very good writer. Um, and, and taking in all the information, I can't do that now because I got to make videos and I got to talk to people and, and I have to communicate. And I'm not upset about that. This is this is an important thing to to do. Yeah. Um, basically, I felt spurred um, to come back because the uh, something that I believe in is under attack very heavily right now, and and there, there's a, a transition happening. And and um, and if it means that I'm not going to become enlightened in terms of like being this like meditative um person that's in his own little world then mm-hmm. then that that is then so be it because that that's what you got to do when uh when you're when your basic rights are being un, being put under under attack and you uh, talk about freedom of speech right now yeah 100 percent. that's a uh, it's crazy right now 
what, what's going on. That, that there is, and I don't think it's a big number of, popul of the population, but there, just the fact that it's not at 0% just um, is too much for me to handle that, that people believe that, that they have a right to tell you what, what you can and cannot say. Um, right. And then the fact that I, I'm getting blown away by um, that people do not believe that there are rights that are created by nature and not created by writing something down on a piece of paper. Like, give me an example. So Canada doesn't have uh, a bill of rights that says that there's freedom of speech and America was not, was didn't, wasn't supposed to have a bill of rights either because um, American, the, the people who are the, the founding fathers of America and the founding fathers of Canada were fully aware that these were natural rights. They didn't need it. They didn't need to be written down because okay. they were natural rights. And that, that's what they truly believed. Um, and Canada never wrote them down and, and America did write them down. Um, which shows that, that it just shows that two, two disparities because um, neither one's right or wrong. It's the fact of the matter that, that freedom of speech comes from nature. It doesn't come from um, the First Amendment. The First Amendment doesn't, doesn't give you that protection. So everyone keeps saying, oh, we have this First Amendment right, and then there's people in Canada who say, well, we don't have this. No, every human being from India to all across the cosmos has the right to freedom of speech. Um, and it doesn't come from a piece of paper. And the fact that, that people are, think that that's the nutty thing, that um, it, it's, a, it's just a, a crazy, crazy world right now. I, I, mm. I, spoke, I talked myself into a corner and now I don't remember what I was originally talking about. <laughs> you were talking about um, the, the rhythm of life, the, the fact that earlier in this year, you, you um, you retreated to spend more time meditating and getting in touch with, um, I guess your 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 deeper self, right? But at but it started in August. You felt the need to like move away from that, and what what called you is um, the whole attack on freedom of speech that's happening in the world today, right? So that that was enough. That that means enough to you, or so much to you that you said, okay. I'm willing to give up my inner calm and go up there and fight this battle because it's an important one. Yeah, yeah, I'm willing. I'm willing to give up. It, that's also the beauty of um, believing in, in reincarnation, whether it's a belief or not. Um, is that um, it's a reality. Yeah, yeah, it's the truth. But um, but if you if you if you wanted to make it a belief, would it, wouldn't you say that a, a life where you believe in reincarnation? Um, is a better life than believing then that uh, that you just you know you, you just die and, and then nothingness happens. If you if it was a belief, um, yeah, one one belief just sounds so much more enjoyable. Why would you not want to believe? More empowering, more empowering. Yeah, more empowering. yeah. So when it comes to that, then it, then it's like, oh, I have multiple lives where I can refocus my efforts on um, uh, becoming more enlightened, becoming self aware, um, and um, and actualized. Um, that I don't have to do it all in one lifetime, which means that I should probably spend some of my life's um, making it so it would be easier for my future self um, to to be able to become awakened and and enlightened and stuff. Um, I don't know if, if other people look at reincarnation that, that way, but um, like self-sacrificing a life, I wouldn't mind spending the next 30 years of my life just battling it out with uh, against freedom of speechers, if it meant, uh, against anti-freedom of speechers, uh, if it meant um, having a better life for a future self or me or my children or whatever you want to call it, um, that would be a life well spent.
that's um that that's an interesting um thought that uh, i i have not heard too many people verbalize um because it's kind of nutty sounding <laughs> well no i mean i, I have heard like uh, teachers that i studied with say you know a particular example um one, one of the teachers i studied with in india said that bill gates became so rich and successful because he had spent a, a lifetime um praying and meditating to lakshmi the goddess of wealth um mm. whether whether or not that's true it kind of highlights like what he was getting across is that you can build car- you can build karma for the next life by the things you do in this life right he he was talking about the the same the same points you you were and i, yeah. and I believe that I, be, I believe that's true because i believe incarnation reincarnation and i believe that those times where you have a sense of deja vu some of that goes back to when you experience things in this life that parallel experiences in another life and yeah. i know that to be i know that to be true um intuitively i know that to be true but I want to go back to one thing that you said earlier when, when it came to describing, you know, this year, your journey this year, and how it relates to um, the hero's journey. And then as you were describing it, you said, you, you, you said not that I'm a hero, but, you know, this kind of way it, um, it, it worked. And I found that interesting because even when we were, when we were talking to Kieran this week, I kept t- telling them, like, you're, you're a mystic. He goes, no, I'm not a mystic. But he does everything that a mystic does. But he wouldn't own that the power of, of being a mystic. And it sounded like when you were talking about that, for whatever reason, it, it sounded like maybe it was humility. You didn't want to own that that you are the hero in, in your story. Um, that, and, and this might have been, been Kieran's reasoning also. Um, the... There's there's just a few definitions out there that that I try to that I do a little dance around and one of them is God um, because right. I just you, you just can't talk about God anymore. Um, um, <laughs> everyone has their own definition of it. And the funniest thing about about God is that everyone has their own definition of God, and ultimately logic dictates. It's literally in my Socratic Logic book, um, which is the best book on logic um, that. God is undefinable, which I thought was ironic because everyone has their own definition of God and God is undefinable because you can't define infinity. Um, Right. Because definition is dissection. You have have to dissect. You can't dissect infinity or then you just have two infinities, which is one infinity. Um, But um, so I I acknowledge personally um, that I I am a hero because we all are heroes. That that's the whole point of the hero story is is right. to state that that you're that you're that hero. You're going through that journey, and um, to take that and be like you're a hero every time you have a thought and you go and do battle with it. You're you're a hero, mm-hmm. uh, and every time that you ignore that thought and you let that thought defeat you, then you're um, what the video gamers call an NPC or a non-player character, which uh, terrible things just happen to those characters and you always have to save them in the video games. Um, um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I acknowledge that, that I'm a hero. I just didn't want people to think that like, I'm like this high and mighty person for coming back to uh, civilization and trying to save them as if uh, I'm an external hero um, in terms, because that, that's the whole thing is um, that, um, uh, the issue with with the hero um it, it goes to it, it 
it conjures up ideas of um, uh, the, the, save, the external savior complex um, that I almost put in my, which reminds me that I, I finished my methods of manipulation video and it came out better than the first one. Uh, um, um, and the next one's gonna come out and be even better also. But um, um, so that, that was my whole point of, um, of dancing around that topic. And that might've been the, the same issue with Kieran possibly. Um, but um, Kieran's a much more, uh, has, has a lot more humility than me. So it, it could <laughs> been also. Okay. Because I, I just don't get somebody who meditates two hours a day um, that, that he's gotta be seeing some things that, that are well worth uh, documenting. Most likely. Wouldn't you think? I would think. But, but, I, I, but I think, and this happened in my case, like when you meditate extensively, what, what the common mind refers to as miracles start happening. Um, but the insidious thing about this reality is even when you're faced with miracles, uh, the mind somehow has this ability to say, well, you know, that's not really a miracle. And then you forget about it, you move on, right? And, and, and that's why, to me, the, the, the mind is something that, that you have to, it's insidious in many ways. I mean, yes, it helps you to survive in this reality, but I think the whole point of it is, the whole point of everything is to get beyond this reality. So, it, in, in fact, it keeps you trapped here instead of um, progressing consciously and moving on to other planes of existence. Um, and I just lost my thought. What, what was I talking about? I don't know. It was really good, though. I, I liked it. Um, you were talking about how the mind was insidious uh, at times, but it helps you it, it um, in this traverse reality. This, this reality, but um, right. it gets in the way a lot. It's your like, um, prison guard at the same time because it doesn't let you get beyond this reality. It's hard to get beyond this reality. Yeah, I would that say I would I would put this uh, firmly in the in the arena of theory, just because I, I don't want uh, or it, this is as I I try to say this is just me talking out loud to try to formulate my thoughts. Mm -hmm. But um, <clears throat> if you look at it from, from the, the, the different chakras, right? You have seven chakras for most people going throughout the body. Um, the the higher the chakra, the the more um, intense it is in terms of um, being a, a higher power. Like you go, the lower chakras are usually focused in the material, and then you hit the um, the solar plexus chakra, and, and and that one's where the transition starts happening to the higher, more ethereal levels. And then you have the heart chakra, which um, it, it's basically it, in my again, I'm just just speaking out loud right now. Is um, when you're when you're thinking, you're in, you're, you're not inside your brain. You're inside an actual chakra center, which is just a, a center of intense energy. So mm -hmm. when you're when you're in your sixth or, or even your corpus callosum, your seventh uh, chakra, the intensity of that, there's just so much going on. There's all these thoughts. There's all this that who you know. There's too much going on, and that's why like almost in every podcast, to, to the point where um, it, it almost becomes a meme, is that um, you always say, "Go to your heart chakra." And the way that I've been grappling with that is that the, you should be meditating in your um, pineal gland and your corpus callosum 
but it's just too intense. So if you go down a few chakras, there's a, there are, there are neural um, cells there, but there's so much fewer and there's so much less confusion going on. So when you're down, down here, you're, for one thing, you have two chakra centers very close to each other. And then, uh, um, it, it, and they're, they're so much higher than, um, than the heart chakra. You go down into the heart, everything's so much more simple. Everything's just, there, there's no, there's no thoughts going there. Um, there's, there's no nothing going there. And that's why you go to, go to, go to the heart. And that, that's just kind of me again, talking out loud. It's just like, it's like, you, you should be up here, but that's like Christ consciousness. That's an intense, um, stuff. You have to be like a, a super meditator or whatever you want to call it. Like somebody who's really taking this stuff nine, 10 hours a day for multiple lifetimes, um, doing that sort of stuff. Um, most of us aren't there yet. So go to a lower chakra center. Um, even just like going to the sacrum chakra um, and having an orgasm is, uh, is a form of meditation. And, um, and, and is even simpler because you can actually arouse that one. You can arouse um, all of your lower centers through um, physical clenching and, or orgasm or, um, uh, you know, the root chakra, root, root clench. You can activate those physically. Um, right. which shows a lower, lower form of, um, of meditation of focusing on, on, on different parts of your body. So anyway, does that, did that make any sense or was that just uh, ramblings of a, of an insane person? <laughs> I'd say half and half. <laughs> like what well, you're describing, um, I, I haven't experienced that. Like I haven't experienced like, like I, I'd like to, like, when I'm meditating, I like to focus on like, the midbrain uh, with penal penal gland and uh, is and I don't find it overwhelming and it's interesting that you say you do like I like to talk about that in a little bit more details at some point like yeah, well, how so it's you're, overwhelming. you're saying how how the mind is insidious and yes. um, and stuff like that and um, and I agreed um, which is why um, you know when you bring up heart math and all, and all that stuff they always say go to the heart yeah and and I was just um, basically using the, the chakras as, as a as a reasoning for for that because um, okay I don't know I was just, just as a as a uh, me thinking out loud experiment um, and the idea is is that when uh, you meditate on a particular chakra you unconsciously do this is is when you close your eyes to meditate and you focus on the breath um, or you focus on trying not to think you're you're inside your uh, your pineal gland chakra center which is um, a very intense um, area, which picks up a lot of information, a lot more than um, than your heart does. Your heart just ignores things and actually more so expresses emotion better than the brain ever could. Um, right. So it's it's a safe, basically, it's like a safe haven um, to get it um, because uh, thoughts can't get in there. Um, and when emotions are created, they're going. The emotions are going outward, like you're creating them um, as opposed to uh, the environment. Uh, creating them for you through the uh, through thoughts and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. So I, I think what I was um, envisioning this podcast has being an intro to people that um, didn't have a background in meditation. And did you envision like that kind of being the purpose of this? Um, I just kind of. Um, a use whatever our topic is and then just just kind of um 
Um, consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> just let whatever, whatever's on my brain or whatever's on my, my tabs list kind of, uh, direct the, uh, direct where, where my point of consciousness is. Um, just to, you know, so, so there's a little bit of everything for everybody in each podcast, I right. guess. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little nuttier. Like you, like you're basically there, you know, if you, if you take Jordan Peterson's whole, uh, conservative and liberal, you have the, the creative type who has all these crazy ideas and, um, can come up with 30 different ways to say the same thing and be very artistic. But when it comes to actually doing work, kind of useless. And then you have the, you have the conservative who, um, stays focused on, on one task. And that task might be a bad task, um, but he'll stay, he or she will stay focused on it. Um, and, um, and the whole point of the conservative and the liberal working together is that the liberal comes up with 30 ideas um, and then they find, uh, the liberal finds the one that actually makes sense and then the conservative follows through on making that idea a reality. And that, um, I'm not saying that you're conservative and I'm liberal um, because I'm more libertarian than anything. Right. Um, I'm just saying that that's how I talk is it, it's very rare for me to stay focused on a single topic because one to, to me one one single topic meditation can go uh, into a nearly infinite different avenues even at, at basic meditation just because there, there's so much going on there um, and then and then you you make sure to keep everything grounded um, bringing us back on topic and stuff or bringing me back on top. <laughs> Teamwork. So, yeah. what I like to do, like, um, is, is refocus us to like a, a call to action, right? Good call. And, and I'd like to, I like to just go through a, a list of benefits I have here uh, for meditation, and and I'm not going to go into the studies for all these things, but all, all this is based on scientific studies. So <clears throat> meditation, mindfulness uh, decreases depression. There, there's numerous studies, including five in Belgium, that proves uh, meditation helps treat uh, depression in mothers-to-be. It helps regulate mood and anxiety disorders. It helps reduce stress and anxiety. helps reduce symptoms of panic disorder. Uh, increases uh, gray matter concentration in the brain. Like That's one I need even more. Um, it acutely decreases the need for sleep. Long-term meditation enhances the ability to generate gamma rays in the brain. And why, why are gamma rays important? Gamma rays are um, probably like the highest known forms of brain waves. Um, and they, they enable you to, to be incredibly empathetic and intuitive and insightful. Uh, and calm, um, and then I'll just continue with some of these benefits as defined by studies. Uh, improves your focus, attention, and ability to work under stress. We talked about that. Improves information processing and decision making. Um, gives you mental strength and resilience and emotional intelligence. Makes you stronger against pain. And the list keeps going on. The benefits, scientifically proven benefits of meditation. So I'm hoping that one of the things that we got across here is that people that listen to the, these broadcasts that are suffering from any any ailment whether it's me medical or physical that there is relief for you by using meditation oh he here's one meditation relieves pain better than morphine 
you, you got to pay attention to that, right? Um, so the importance of meditation cannot be understated. It, it can be used to bring um, bring calm to any part of your life. So the other thing I'd like to go into now that we've motivated people and showed them like why they should be meditating. And in reality, if people are haven't meditated before, the ones that might, might tried are the ones that are in most pain, right? The ones that have tried all other things that didn't work. They're the ones that are going to be trying this most likely. Right. Um, so maybe, then maybe, maybe, um, was I, pain? I, I wasn't in, in pain or anything. Um, I thought it was perfectly healthy to um, watch um, an entire season of Game of Thrones in a single day, and then and then go masturbate for an hour, and then and then go on my day. Um, <laughs> and so I it, I think that there's a growing number of people um, who are looking for an edge, and they're seeing that that there are people, um, whether it's because they're Justin Trudeau and they have a father who is a brilliant man. So they, they have a leg up on them or something. And they're, they're just looking for an, an edge an advantage. And I, I found it in meditation because my, my greatest weakness was always focus and laziness and um, being unable to handle pain. And now taking ice cold showers is no problem and stuff. And, and all that stuff is uh, focused is um, off the charts compared to other people. Uh, and then you, you realize that the bar is so low for other things. So I think that there's a growing number of people that use meditation, get into meditation strictly for material reasons, strictly for egoism. Yeah. And then something weird happens um, when you spend a couple minutes. I'm talking, when I first started, we talk, we've been talking about 30 minutes, hour meditation. I was doing five minute meditations. Um, and those felt like they were taking forever um, those first few times. Yeah, just five minutes. And the thing about that now is just, it, it's like, like, wow, like what was wrong with me back then? I remember I had a girlfriend at the time and I was bragging. I was like, it's like, I meditated for five minutes today. And she was like, that's amazing. And I'm like, I know I'm the greatest. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to do this for the next 10 years and I'm going to be so great. And then two days later I was smoking weed, eating Cheetos. And I totally forgot. Ah, Cheetos, man. That, that that's the bottom of the barrel right there <laughs> um so yeah i mean so uh, I, i'll let you continue but but yeah the just like everything uh, and i really think that, that the gym should have a meditation area where there's no music loud and silent and, and stuff and you just go and, and you meditate because the, the mind is muscle also you you have to get you have to start it out you can't you can't start out doing 20 minutes you're, you're gonna get uh, demoralized it's like doing trying to bench press 200 pounds and you've never bench pressed before right um five minutes but the consistency is the key consistency is the key so and, yeah the next, now that we motivated people to meditate we have to tell them how to meditate right so i thought that uh, i'd go over what we i talked about earlier and what i'm going to be teaching today is it a simple tm technique mm -hmm. where you you find a quiet place. You can sit. You can sit cross-legged, or you can sit in a chair, whatever's comfortable for, to, uh, for you. And you take like thirty deep breaths. And by thirty deep breaths, I mean like inhale deeply. And on the exhale, just let it go um, naturally, no effort. But on the inhale, a lot of effort to bring it in in deep. 
And if possible, breathe through the nose, do that 30 times, and then just sit there quietly focusing on a mantra. And to make it easy, use shreem. <laughs> or if anything else feels good for you, use that. But if you don't have anything, use shreem. And just say shreem internally to yourself. No matter what happens, no matter what thoughts come up, just keep saying the word shreem, shreem, shreem. And you can actually start saying it uh, a little, saying it out loud and then quietly and then more quietly and more quietly until it's all internal. Um, the advantage of starting by uh, saying it out loud <clears throat> is that you can feel the vibration of the shreem and the vibration actually helps calm you. And do that for as long as you can. I mean, try to do it for at least 15, actually 20 minutes. 20 minutes is kind of like uh, the, the, the base guideline. Um, but do this for as long as you can. And what some people do is, like, Justin, if they find, like, uh, some time in their day where they just need to calm themselves, something happened that upset them, even at your desk at work, just close your eyes and, and do it there. Even if it's for a couple of minutes, it, it'll help refocus you. Um, and then at the end of the meditation, it's really important to feel this sense of gratitude. Like everything in your life is there for a reason. And even if you don't like it in this moment, it, it's there to move you to the place that you need to be. And you need to be grateful for all of that. Because if there's something in your life that you hate or you kind of push back against, it makes it that much harder to move that out of your life. But gratitude for everything in your life allows the things that you're moving towards to come to you quicker. So what I do at the end is I put, put my left hand over my heart and just feel gratitude for everything that in, in, is in my life that is important. Just feel gratitude for that. And that's it. That's the simple TM version of the meditation. I would, um, I would make sure to point out, because what, what a lot of people are going to do is they're going to be in their heads and they're going to say, stream stream in their heads and they're going to, they're going to ask themselves, am I doing this right? Um, right? So I would, I would make sure to acknowledge that, that, uh, cause when you, when you have that question, am I doing this right? It's important to just keep um, saying stream. Yeah. To, um, to acknowledge it, to be like, be like, um, the fact that you're asking that question proves that you're doing it right. Um, mm. um, so you go, am I doing this right? And then, and then you go, Oh, like, you know, just, just tell them, just make sure. Cause, cause everyone's going to have that thought. I, I had that thought, like, am I, am I saying this right? Like, it doesn't, the, the key is, is that you don't have to say the word right. It does, that's not what matters. What matters is, is doing it. Um, right. So you can say the word wrong all you want. Um, it, it, as long as you're doing it, that's all that matters. Um, so just uh, make sure when they, uh, to, to catch that before they're in their heads wondering if they're doing it right or not. Um, well, well, I think the important thing is thoughts will come and thoughts will go, but even has any thought comes in, you can, you kind of see, like see it as an object moving across the mindscape. You, you don't pay attention to it. You see it, but you keep saying the word and, and that'll go. And then another one will come up and then there'll be a period where there's no thoughts. Then another thought will come up. The important thing is to not feel an emotional attachment yes. to those um, thoughts. Don't get, a, don't get upset that you're having the thoughts. The thoughts are part of the uh, right. you're, you're really not meditating when you're having thoughts, you're, but you're concentrating because you're back, bouncing back and forth. Um, right. And then over time, you, you bounce from thought to thought, and then one time you just, you just won't have a thought, and then you're meditating, and you're in the, in the, in the zone. Um, 
so to speak. But you have to go through that that process, and and it's yeah. part of the process. You you can't skip that. that. That's kind of that's always the annoying part of uh, meditating. Too, too bad there wasn't a pill that make you skip that. Go right yeah. to mindlessness. How's the God brain helmet thing? Did you order it yet? No, not yet. Okay. I don't. I don't know what's stopping me, but uh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I still think it's part of a CIA experiment. <laughs> well, we'll we'll see. I'll, I'll see you on the podcast, and, and you'll be like, you'll be like, I just uh, lately, I just uh, started agreeing with the CIA. I think they're doing the right thing. That's right. This this free, this freedom of speech thing. I I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. What's where's the value in that? Uh, <laughs> good. Hey, let's, let's, you're you're losing focus, Anthony. Jeez, talking about God helmets and everything. Yeah. I'm the one who brought it up on the on the on the dick hole. Um, so yeah, what, what was the next thing that you were gonna say? Well, I, I just wanted to like call to action, motivate them to do something, do the simple meditation. And um, is there a simple meditation that you would like to? Um, I think TM is the, the best way to start. Um, yeah, I think so too. We could, I mean, we do five minutes right now if you want. I haven't, I haven't done anything today. Uh, if you want to do, if you want to close out the um, the podcast on meditation, would that be weird? Because it'd be like five minutes of silence. Right. That would be weird. Unless, unless we want to do it out loud. You want to do like scream out loud, and, then we, but then we hear each other, right? So it's yeah. like, uh, yeah, um, in my mind, I'd be going, I'd be going, Justin just isn't doing it right. He's probably yeah. about porn or something. And and in my mind, I'd be like, man, I'm thinking about a lot of porn. <laughs> exactly, which is um, okay too, right? Just don't get attached to it. Yeah, that, that's the um, yeah, that's the big thing. Um, um, all right. Yes. Yeah, so let's, let's next that. I guess, uh, the only other thing I would say is, is yeah, breathe out, breathe. If you're going to breathe in intensely, always breathe in with your nose because, uh, the mouth doesn't have filters. So you're, you wouldn't yeah. eat mashed potatoes with your nose, would you? So why are you breathing with your mouth? You mouth breather. There's a reason why that's a disgusting habit. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't again. I've done that once. Potatoes, mashed potatoes with your, with your nose. Your nose yeah. There's no taste buds up there. Well, yeah, I wish someone told me. <laughs> All right, any um, closing thoughts? Um, no, I had fun today. I, I hope we didn't. I hope I didn't get too um, off the rails. Um, and uh, no, I think I think it's good because um, I, I'm a full. full uh, firm believer in if, if you're in the flow in the flow of consciousness it, it takes you where you need to go right so i'll let you i'll let you be the flow of consciousness and i'll try to like still deliver on the title of the podcast right yeah it's so like a um, dance it's an ebb and flow it's like a um um a hose uh, with firefighters fire hose uh, if um so you're like a fire I'm trying to put out? <laughs> well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm like the, the water coming out of the hose and, and you're like the firefighter pointing me. And if you don't point me in the right direction, that thing's just going to go <laughs> all over the place. And, um, that's a good analogy. Yeah. If, since we're on a podcast, it, um, I was waving my hands around like a snake 
because that's what a, a fire hose does when um when nobody's holding it it's actually kind of dangerous <laughs> true enough okay so you're gonna go do your meditation for the for the day yeah because I, I woke up late um and then um yeah that's probably what i'm i'm gonna do um maybe i'll go work on something i don't know yet cool <laughs> all right man have a great day yeah you too all right fun. yeah talk to you later See you.